I'm just about that action, boss. What I'm asking you is a simple question. We, we talk about the GOAT here, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, and you running your mouth talking about you're going to beat him one-on-one. Why would you say something so blasphemous? In my heyday, blasphemous. he would need help. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. Back to the start of the fourth quarter. Coach Popovich, your thoughts on the third quarter. We're behind. You're listening to Sunday Sports Central, brought to you by 88.1 The Berg, KCWU. Welcome on into the inaugural edition, uh, return, I guess, inaugural return of Sports Central. I'm your host, Will Ortner. Joining me, as always, is my good friend, Ray Green. Ray, how you doing, bud? Man, I'm doing good, bro. I'm just happy to be back. <laughs> no kidding. We don't have to deal with all the uh, calling from the computer and getting yeah. that thing all going down. It's good to have you back in studio. Super excited about that. If you are uh, driving around, you're almost on your way home and you want to continue to listen to this wonderful show that we'll be putting on, you can go to the 88 won the Berg website, go up to the live stream and you can see Ray's beautiful face and my ugly mug <laughs> on there and uh, just listen to what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about all kinds of different things today. Uh, Cajal and Cody did a great job on their show, the bench warmers of really getting into the NFL mock draft. And so we're going to kind of stay away from that since that was their content and they covered it better than shoot. We might ever be able to. And so we're going to stick more into some more general topics, some more conversations that can be had. So we're going to start off right now with the NBA. Obviously the NBA regular season is really close to being finished. And so Ray, I think it's smart that we talk about, who do we like out of each conference like who do we think has a good shot of winning their conference so let's start out in the east right yeah okay i think it's pretty obvious who the favorite is yeah and that's that's brooklyn right like everyone kind of is thinking brooklyn is going to be the big team out of there but i kind of i kind of differ on that and so i kind of want to get your opinion first ray on the Brooklyn Nets, and then I'll give mine about where my worries are with them right now. Okay, yeah. I think yeah, I think the Nets are definitely the, the favorite, mm-hmm. but I really like the Sixers because Joel Embiid's been playing like a monster. He has, what, he's averaging like, what, 30 points a game or something like that? Something insane. Yeah, like 30 and 10 and then a couple assists. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I also, like, a, a team that's going to sneak up on people is this, is still going to be the Celtics in the Heat. Mm-hmm. I know they're like the sixth and seventh seed right now, but coming down the stretch, those teams know how to play. So I see them doing better than the Knicks and the Hawks, which mm-hmm. is Weird to even say that the Knicks and the Hawks are four and five right now. Yes. So, but, yes. But my favorite besides the Nets, I would have to say is the 76ers just because I feel like they've been playing outstanding basketball, team basketball at that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's the difference between them and the Nets. The Nets, they they kind of play a little bit iso ball sometimes. Yep. But, you know, they have so many stars that they get away with it. But once it comes down to playoff, playoff basketball, I feel like that has to change. And you have to use, like, everyone on your team and your bench but they have proven that they can play without a bench, even though their bench is like nobody right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I completely agree with you. So here, here's my thing with the Nets, because I, I do think the 76ers are the favorite. 
for me personally. Mm-hmm. I, I like the brand of basketball they play a little bit better. Now, I do have a fear about their shooting ability, specifically from Ben Simmons, but he seems to make up for it defensively, and if there's anyone who has a chance of slowing down KD, it is Ben Simmons, just from a pure size perspective, right? Yeah, like He's sure. big enough to give him a chance. My fear with Brooklyn is they haven't played together. If you look at it, they're big three, right? Kyrie, Harden, Durant. Mm-hmm. Those guys have played together a grand total of like seven or eight times right now. Yeah, that's true because all of them like to sit. <laughs> they're all well. They're all hurting or they're sitting yeah. or you know you never know. It, one of them's always gone, and so you never know exactly what's going to happen. And right now, KD's out still. I think he he's planning to get back in this next week, but he's been out. Her, uh, Harden, he's going to be out. They think until right up until the playoffs start. If not, he might even miss that first round. Right, and they don't—they're not going to need him for that first round. Like that's not the thing that worries me. What worries me is they haven't played together. So, do we know if they can mesh well together? Right, like remember when LeBron came in with the uh, Miami Heat? Remember, it took them like a a half a year to kind of figure out how to play with each other. There's only one basketball, and even though you have three stars, it can be difficult to make sure that everybody still gets their touches. Then you have to fact in. Factor in, you got guys like Joe Harris or Blake Griffin who aren't stars, but they're quality players still, and they deserve to have the ball, and they're going to be needed if you want to go and win a title. Yeah, exactly. That's what what I'm saying about the bench like performance that they're going to need. Like, is I don't know if they're going to even get a chance to show that they can even play. You know, they're just going to run with just their five the whole game because they're going to be gassed. Yeah, exactly. I, you and I, we're on the same kind of page there. I'm worried about Brooklyn. Now, I'm not going to be shocked, obviously, if they come out of the East. I'm not even going to be shocked if they win the whole thing, right? You yeah. have three MVPs on one team, and I would still say they're all three in their primes, right? <laughs> or two MVPs yeah, yeah. and then Kyrie, who um, has played phenomenally well. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. But I just uh, – yeah, I don't know. I'm worried about them. I'm worried about how much they have played together. You touched on this earlier, and I, I really want to talk about it. I am shocked with the Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. I, mean, I, I it's weird. I couldn't name more than ten players on both like combined from both teams, the Hawks <laughs> and the Knicks. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I only know Julius Randle and yep. uh that's and RJ Barrett, that's about it for the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you look at the Hawks, like 'cause you know they're not on TV like that. But I mean mm-hmm. if I were to deep go deep analysis, then I could be able to do it. But the Hawks, all I think about is Trey. You yeah. know, he's money out there so and then i mean he has capella too but yeah i don't know i don't i don't know it's shocking i don't even know who they've been playing yeah they're so the thing about those two teams is i feel like they're just absolutely overachieving off the backs of their two stars right Mm -hmm. like julius randall it it finally clicked this year it seems like because remember when he was drafted everyone was like he's going to be a star and like he was a good serviceable player but he wasn't a star and then all of a sudden this year the dude can't miss. He's been playing absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and then has. when you look at the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, it's it's Trey Young. Like Trey Young is it's carrying a, that team. Huh? Oh my goodness, it's all on his back. He's he's been absolutely fantastic this year. So it's weird and like shocking to me that they are four and five ahead of the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat, two teams that I would have thought would have been more of your four or five, yeah. or even like with the Boston Celtics. I thought they would have been a three, honestly, in the Eastern Conference. I- I'm very surprised with 
how they have played and how I mean not poorly, but they just haven't played all that well. Yeah. When I look at the Hawks, I'm looking at like the last game they played against the Heat. Uh, they had a lot of players in double digits. They had one, two, three, four, five, six. They had like seven players in double digits. Yeah. And I didn't know that they had Lou Williams. So that's a big that's a big pickup he for helps. free agency. And he then helps. they have Bogdanovich. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but he's always been a dominant player wherever mm-hmm. he's at. I think the last place he was at was in Sacramento and in, yep. The only reason why I know he's from Sacramento is because when I was playing 2K, he was <laughs> he was balling all the time. So yeah, and I don't even think I don't even think Trey Young played last night and they won. Yeah. So they have a they have a deep roster mm-hmm. when it comes to just scoring. Um, so that that's probably why Atlanta's just been playing so good is they got so many players that can score mm-hmm. that are underrated that some teams probably are just getting caught off guard. Yeah. Well, and and to be honest, the the Miami Heat and the Celtics aren't aren't out of the woods yet. Obviously, they are uh, tied right now with wins, with the Celtics just getting the nod over them because of uh, different tiebreakers. But those two teams, they're a game and a half behind the Hawks, two games behind the Knicks. So, yeah, the season's coming to an end, but there is a chance that those uh, two teams, the Heat and the Celtics, will try to jump up and get out of uh, the spots that they're in right now because the Celtics are okay. But right now the Heat, if the season ended today, they are in that little playoff game thing, and you yeah. don't want to be in that. I mean, Yeah, anybody can win. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Well, it's it's like what, one game, two games, something like that? I think it's a couple games, yeah. Anybody could win at that and knock you out. And just from listening to like C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard talk about it last year and how tired it made them, you don't want to be in that risking a chance of not being able to make it into the finals, right? Like, if you want a chance of going far into the Eastern Conference, you need to get out of that playoff round. So I, I would look for those two teams to really make a big push at trying to improve their stock. Yeah, and I think the Celtics are going to be the ones that struggle the most because they like to play the ISO basketball, too. They don't really spread the wealth too mm-hmm. much. And I think it comes down because they don't have a true point guard. Like with Kemba, he's a good point and everything, but uh, he doesn't distribute the ball well enough, mm-hmm. I, in, my, in my opinion, just because when those guys get the ball on offense, whenever I watch Celtics play, it's one-on-one with Tatum or one-on-one with Brown. Mm-hmm. And both those guys, yeah, they could both go for 30, but when you're not spreading the ball around, that just leaves it easy to defend that team. You know. Yep. So. Well, and, and say what you will about the Miami Heat is that's what they do a great job of. Uh, Bam is not afraid to get his shots up when he needs to. Jimmy Butler's not afraid to get his shot up when he needs to. But they're both really good because I would argue those are your two stars over there. They're both really good at spreading the ball around and making sure that guys like Tyler Hero, right, still yeah. get their touches and their looks and they're still staying in the game so that when they need to be called upon, they are able to make big uh, shots down the stretch. So I, I agree with you there. I, I think that um, – I think the Celtics – I wouldn't say the Celtics should be worried. I'm almost wondering if they're kind of coasting, and now they're picking it up, yeah. right? It's same kind of thing with Miami. Like, you had a quick turnaround from last year on how your season went, so maybe they're kind of kicking their feet up for the first three or four months, and now it's like, okay, the real season has started. Let's go. Let's start playing better defense. Let's start getting more guys involved. We, we, it's time to go now. If you yeah. want to have a chance at a title, it's time to go. And I clearly think that both teams do have at least a fighter's chance at it. Oh, yeah. 
I think, oh, yeah, I mean, that whole thing of, like, coasting into the playoffs. I mean, if you think about it, basketball is a game of runs. And, like, so when you can go on a run late, sometimes those are the most dangerous teams. Yeah. Because they caught fire late. So they're just clicking on all cylinders while other teams are just kind of getting out of their hot streak. And then now they got to figure it out again. Yeah. Exactly. I uh, I completely agree. And I, I think this is the perfect time to take a break. We've kind of broken down the Eastern Conference. We Ray and I both kind of agree. We think Philly is the uh, team to beat out there, at least until we see more from the Brooklyn Nets with their big three trio going after it. We're going to take a break right now, but when we come back, we are going to be talking and dissecting the Western Conference in the NBA. So make sure that you stick around. It is Sports Central. You're tuned into Sports Central on 88.1 The Bird. Welcome back on in to Sports Central. Very excited. I am your host, Will Ortner. Ray Green, he's right over there. We talked about the Eastern Conference and who we thought were our favorites, kind of just dissecting it, talking about what teams we thought were interesting, talked a lot about how we're surprised at how well the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks have played. And so I think it's smart of us to fully cover the NBA, and we'll go in and we'll talk about the Western Conference right now. This is the interesting one because the surprising teams are your 1-2 seed right now, I'd say, <laughs> right, Ray? You've got, oh, yeah, for you've, sure. You've got the Utah Jazz. They're the best team in basketball right now, record-wise. And then the second best team in basketball is your Phoenix Suns. Two teams that, I mean, yeah, I thought they were playoff teams, but – I didn't think that they were one, two seeds in your conference. What do you think, Ray? Yeah, I I'm actually not surprised by the by the Suns only because they got Chris Paul. So with Chris Paul's leadership and just him being a you know that that leader of, that he always has been mm-hmm. in his in his career is like he's gonna get you wins based mm-hmm. off of his basketball IQ alone. And oh, then yeah. him playing with uh, Booker, that's just two a double edged sword. You know, trying to stop both of those guys is going to be hard because D-Book by himself was already killing killing the game. But then mm-hmm. now when he has Chris Paul to pass him the ball and distribute it to the offense and then worry about other things too, Booker doesn't have so much on his plate. And that just makes it easier for a basketball player to, to hoop out there. Like, because, you know, when you have to control a lot of things, you know, it, it, can go, it can go one way or the other because if he's worried about scoring or if he's worried about distributing, he can't do both to his maximum capacity. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. And – for the Utah Jazz, I'm I'm not necessarily shocked. They've always been deep and they've always been good. They've always been that that that, that sleeper team that's just kind of always there. Mm-hmm. But now they finally like just been showing that throughout the the regular season, and no no one else has really been playing as well as them. So I mean, they're I mean they're they're the hottest team in basketball only only by a couple wins, but yeah. still they have been playing amazing basketball. Yeah, no, for sure. I And I completely agree with you on the Chris Paul theory. Like, there's a reason everybody calls him the point god, right? Yeah. You know, like, he went out and they they had him in OKC last year, a team that had no real stars other than him. I mean, Schroeder was pretty good, but he's not a he's not an all-star, right? Yeah, no. And Chris Paul led them to a better season than they'd had the previous year with Westbrook and Paul George on the team. Exactly. Like that's that's insane when you really think about it. Like how do you lose an MVP and a top-level superstar to get back just like another superstar and be better, right? Like mm-hmm. you lost your two best players. Yeah, you got a pretty good one back in return, but 
he propelled you to another level. And then I think that's huge for Devin Booker's development, right? Like you saw him absolutely ball his heart out Mm -hmm. when they were in the bubble, and he seemed to just propel that team to every single victory in every game they played. Remember, they didn't lose a game in the bubble, right? No, yeah, they didn't. And so he, he went out and absolutely balled out. Now you get him with a mentor like Chris Paul, you're going to see them kind of push like what you have. I'm still surprised at how far they are. Now, I think some of that has to do with injuries specifically to two key players that I'm sure we'll talk about later, yeah. right? But I am surprised to see them up as high as they are. And then the Utah Jazz, I'm a little worried that they're fool's gold. I'm going to be honest. You don't have a true superstar. Your closest thing is probably Donovan Mitchell, yeah, right? Because he's, he's hurt too. So. Exactly. He's coming off that really bad ankle sprain. Shoot, LeBron, he had his ankle sprain, and he still isn't back. It's been like a month and a half. Yeah. So how how is that going to affect Donovan Mitchell? And then, like, Rudy Gobert, sure, he plays good, good defense. But, again, not a superstar. He's been to, like, what, one All-Star game? And he cried and freaked out about it, you know? Yeah. So – for me, I think they're fool's gold. I think they're one of those teams, like the Blazers were notorious for this. They'd go out and they'd win a bunch of games and they'd be a top four, five seed, right? Mm-hmm. And then just get absolutely boat raced in uh, the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Utah, I think they obviously get to the second round, especially if they are the one seed. But when you get to the Western Conference semifinals, you have to go up against either Denver, either L.A. team, or maybe even, like, Dallas, right? Yeah. You're, you're not getting out of that. Like, I just, I just don't think they are. I don't think they have the guys. Yeah, some of their guys are playing out of their minds right now, but just for me, I, I just I don't see it. As we're uh, looking kind of deep in at the three, four, and five, you have the Clippers, the Nuggets, and then the Lakers. And these are your teams that I, I would have thought would have been up near the top, right? Mm-hmm. If going into the season I had to make a guess, I would have thought Lakers one, Clippers two, Nuggets three. So it is a little weird to see them down this low, but I, I would say that it's because of injuries or with the Clippers really the fact that they just didn't care until a couple weeks ago. Yeah, well, I mean, the Clippers haven't been playing amazing basketball. Like, they, they, I mean, they lose some games that they shouldn't have lost only because, like, of just lack of defense. Like, Kawhi and uh, PG just haven't been playing amazing defense. They're they're great scorers, but sometimes they don't play good D. Or they're, like, late in, late in games, they'll just give up leads. Like, they they were notorious for that last year, just giving up mm-hmm. big leads, and then teams would come back and just beat on them. And there's kind of there's kind of still doing that again. I feel like that's kind of just formed their like bad identity. Yeah. But um, a team that I'm kind of like surprised that's super low is the Mavs because yeah. you know of Luca and then everyone that he's got over there is just I don't know how they're not winning 40 plus games. Yeah. Because they're just so they're so dominant with Luca and then he has a bunch of shooters on the outside too. So I mean that's a shock that's shocking for me. But I'm not surprised that Lakers being a little bit lower than. Uh, than the one or two seed, only because Braun and AD are both hurt. Yeah, but mm-hmm. they still have been playing good basketball without those guys in the game. Like they they've won against uh, mm-hmm. some good teams that I think I think they beat um, they beat uh, the Celtics. I know that a couple times. Yep. I know they beat the seventies. I think they beat the Nets. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. They beat the Nets. They beat the Nets with when they had Kyrie and Harden. Yeah, no Braun and no yeah no um, AD. So, 
Well, so so let's dive deeper into the Lakers then, right? Yeah. Uh, they they've been missing. So AD just came back this week. It was his first game in like thirty or thirty somewhere between thirty and thirty-two games, right? Yeah. And yeah, he's in a minutes limitation, but he played pretty decent. I felt like for what he's going through. Obviously, they had to baby him because it's the Achilles, and you can't risk him losing the Achilles. I think if I'm the Lakers, I'm actually pretty excited about where I'm at in a weird way because at this point you know you're going to be the four or five seed so it doesn't really matter you're you're not getting out and getting to the uh the third seed so you really just have to make sure you stave off uh the Mavericks and the Blazers which I think you should be able to do LeBron is supposed to come back at some point this week yeah do you think they're going to kind of use the next two three weeks as like a build up to the playoffs and then just try to run uh, rough shot through the conference that way because I think it, they will and I think it could work no yeah I think once once they get Braun back immediately their leadership's going to go through the roof and then he's going to be the, like the point forward that he has been for mm-hmm. the team yeah and then you know they got guys like Drummond that just needs to step up like mm-hmm. he had a great game against the Nets he needs to just have that game consistently even with Braun in there because you know Braun's not a shoot first guy anyway so He's looking to distribute the ball to his teammates. He's more of a pass-first type of forward. Yep. Um, and, like, you know, I think their biggest problem is, like, the rebounds. They just, Drummond can get some boards, but Anthony Davis needs to get on the boards too because, like, I think the last game they played in, he had, like, three boards. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a joke if you're a seven-footer, right? Yeah. So that needs to improve. And they also have Gasol, who can come off the bench. So, mm-hmm. you know, those guys all need to get some boards. I mean, I think that's the biggest problem for them is rebounding and then, like, stopping teams from getting second-chance points because when teams get second-chance points against them, that's when the Lakers kind of get in trouble and there's a little bit of mismatches when it comes to defense. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with you there. For me, I, I want to see how LeBron and AD play. But, dude, if, if by, like, you know, you're getting ready last week of the NBA season, if they're clicking on all cylinders, they're probably still my favorite. I'm never voting against LeBron. I mean, that dude went to, like, what, 10 finals in, like, 11 years or 9 and 10? Yeah. Like, that's absolutely insane. He's been the greatest player in the world for years and years, like, shoot, decades now. And so I have a real hard time voting against him, and and I really like the way that AD plays. So I I really think that they're going to be solid. I kind of want to look deeper at the Clippers, too, because last year they were such a letdown. They just oh, yeah. fell apart, specifically Paul George. I mean, Pandemic P struggled <laughs> yeah. in the bubble. He looked atrocious. And so he's been playing really well the last month or so. He's been averaging like 29 points, eight rebounds, six assists. I might have the assists and the rebound numbers flipped, but he's been Falling out. And so I feel like he feels that he has to make up for how he performed last year. Everybody was on his head and they were just clowning him about how he played. So yeah. do you think that the emergence of a at least a more clutch Paul George could be the reason that pushes the Clippers over the top? Yeah, when it comes down to the clutch, Paul George and Kawhi have to be the players that they are. You mm-hmm. know, like they the last, what was it, in the bubble when they faced against, who? what team was that? I can't remember if it was the Lakers or if it was the Nuggets. They were Nuggets, yeah. They fell apart to the Nuggets. Yeah, when they were playing the Nuggets, it was game seven, and the Clippers had a, I think it was a 20-something point lead. Yeah. 
going into the fourth quarter, and then down the stretch, Kawhi and Paul George combined shot like one for 12. Yeah. And you just simply can't do that. You're asking too much out of your teammates to play defense too if you guys are all jacking up all the shots. Mm-hmm. And then coming back on the other end, the other team's just scoring on you guys. So it's like, you know, those guys have to step up. And I don't know what it is. Maybe they just don't have that clutch gene anymore. Like Kawhi, Kawhi definitely did for a while, but I feel like once he came to L.A., had that commercial that he's the king and he's claiming all these other things, and I think he kind of spoke too soon, and that might, might that might have got to his head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes those guys can't live up to the hype, and I think that's what kind of caught up to him. Yeah, no, I, I uh, don't dispute that there. I think that um, – I think if Paul George – now, he's playing at an absolutely unbelievable clip right now. But if he can keep playing the way he's playing, matching with Kawhi, I see why everybody the last couple of years were talking about them as being finals favorites, right? Yeah. They can absolutely ball, and it's going to depend on if those two can do what needs to be done. Yeah, man. Like, I love that teams are doing good during the regular season, but there's something different about the playoffs. They're mm-hmm. just like the energy – the intensity and yep. just the level of competition rises so much more in the playoffs that all this stuff in the regular season doesn't necessarily matter if you can't pull it all off in the playoffs for seven straight games like, or four games against in a, in a seven seven game series. You have to win four times against the same team. That's a, that's pretty hard to do if you think about it. Like mm-hmm. you know, imagine if teams had to do that throughout the whole season. Like you know, you never know who would be the number one dog after that. Exactly. I completely agree. So uh, the last team I really want to touch on is our local team, the Portland Trailblazers, right? Of course. Like right now, they're the seventh seed. They have been struggling. They've lost eight of their last ten games. They've, uh, they're on a four-game losing streak right now. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going right. Damian Lillard, when he's been playing, he hasn't been playing up to that MVP caliber that he was a month a month and a half ago, Nurk looks horrible. Like he, he just looks like he can't play. And I know he's been hurt, but he like this whole year has just been absolutely atrocious. And he's supposed to be your third guy, right? Yeah. There's talk of uh, Stotts getting fired. Yeah, so, yeah, there is. so what's the issue with the Blazers right now? Like, it, are they going to be able to figure it out and get out of the seven seed? Because right now they're going to have to play in that play-in tournament. And that's what they said killed them the year before. Yeah. And I think the the problem for this Blazer team is just they added some new guys in, and then they got the guys that were hurt that are coming in to play. And, like, you know, they're not meshing well right now at the moment only because they just haven't had a a long period of time to really mesh. And I think that's the problem too. And I also think another problem might be just they don't have a bench. Like if you look at the starting five, the starting five is well, starting. I guess the the, I guess seven, seven or eight guys, is a salt is like a good is a good enough you know team to to run with. But you know when you got teams that have eight or nine, ten guys that can actually play and shoot at high clips and play defense, mm-hmm. and you know just that mesh well together, then that's a solid team. But when you look at the Blazers roster, I only see about six or seven guys that are pretty decent yeah and uh like when you like if you look at their bench like their bench is not 
No, it's it, not like the rest of the Western Conference. No, right now, if you're looking at their bench, your your best players are an old Carmelo Anthony. Yep. And Ennis Cantor, who's like again not a bad player, but yeah, if you're man. looking at those two, those are probably your best. And then Derek Jones Jr. comes off the bench. Uh, now that they've kind of added Norman Powell. Yeah. So you, you got three guys who – and his canter is probably your best off-the-bench guy. When Carmelo's on, Carmelo's on. Oh, but yeah, for sure. If we're talking like this year, I, I still think Cantor's meant a little bit more. But even him, like he started most of the year because Nurk was hurt. And then Collins has been hurt the whole year too. He didn't play at all. So, I, dude, I, I'm right there with you. I'm extremely frustrated. I'm extremely frustrated with the Blazers. Yep. You have a player in Damian Lillard that is a generational type talent. I truly believe that. I think I think you can make the argument that he is probably the second best point guard in the league. I think right now when you look at it, it's either a point guard, as best point guard, it's either Steph, uh, Dame, or Kyrie, right? And it's take your pick. Yeah. Um, I think Steph kind of has it won right now, but I think Dame is right there. And if Dame's playing at the top of his level, he he can be. And I feel like the Blazers are wasting him. I really do, because they shouldn't be this bad. You're you don't this talented of a roster. That's not a seven seed talent. Like the talent level they have, it's not worthy of a seven seed. So why are you in the seventh seed? And I think you're seeing a a, a mixed message really between the players and the, the coaching staff. And I think that's why Terry Stotts probably ends up getting the heave-ho at the end of the year. Yeah. They are underperforming, and it sucks because a guy like Damian Lillard is just so, so good. And he's super loyal. He's not one of those guys that is going to team up with a bunch of stars. But it's not to discredit any of the guys that do team up with stars, but he just has that sense of pride and loyalty that he's not going to do that. He doesn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. He wants to do it kind of you know where he started he doesn't want to you know move around and I think guys like that you know you got to really appreciate them and bring guys to him you know and the Blazers just haven't done that he comes back to draft picks comes back to trading and then it all falls back on the head coach right so mm-hmm. when a team's not doing good the head coach is going to get all the 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 harp on it you know yep. so you know looking at him right now he's not looking he's not sitting very comfortable in, <laughs> no. in his chair Nope. You know, when things go bad, like I think they're playing a game right now against the the Grizz, the yeah. Memphis Grizzlies, and I think they're losing. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. 80 to 70 at the moment with three, with four minutes. Yeah, for four minutes left in the four, in the third. So, you know, they're just not playing great basketball. And it all comes down to the coach, man. And, you know, whoever they do hire, I hope they hire somebody that really has a strong focus on defense because that's one thing that the Blazers aren't doing is playing defense. Yep, Teams are averaging, I think, 100-plus on them a game. Yep, exactly. And that that's really where the issue for me is, too, is they don't play any defense and they rely strictly on offense. And it's it's very frustrating because I feel like Damian Lillard has been wasted. I don't think that he has too much longer in his prime. I mean, I hope he does, but I think if you're saying out like he has five-plus years in his prime, I think that's really extremely generous, especially at the age he's at. And so I feel like they need to make a big splash, go make a big swing. That's why I wanted them to trade for Harden so bad because you need to go and make a swing so that you have a chance at a title because right now you're just simply not a title team. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Fun to talk about the NBA. NBA. It's a little different than what we're used to, but I know that, Ray, you're not a big baseball guy, but I think this is – 
you're the perfect person to ask this question to. Okay. Because right now you're seeing a big thing in the MLB with younger new generation stars coming out and they're kind of showboating. Oh, yeah. And a lot of old MLB hates it, but young MLB kind of like it. So I kind of want to get your opinion, and we're going to talk about that when we return here on Sports Central. You're tuned into Sports Central on 88.1 The Bird. Welcome back on into Sports Central. It's Will Ortner, Ray Green. And Ray, I think it's time for you and I to finally talk about the long ball. <laughs> Shoot, the ladies seem to love it. Everybody knows that chicks love the long ball. They dig the deep ball. And I think it's important that we talk about it when we're talking about baseball, right? So, yeah. so if you haven't had a chance to see, throughout the last couple of years, there's been a real big push uh, I think specifically from younger players, when they hit home runs, they they pimp a home run, right? Yeah. Like they hit it, they know it's out, they flip the bat, they do the whole strut thing, they kind of walk down, and then they do a real slow jog. And it's led to a lot of anger from pitchers, right? Like pitchers don't like that. Yeah. So the next time they see them, they plunk them. Uh, you have your old-timey MLB baseball writers that talk about how, oh, that's such disrespectful to the game. Like, this is the worst thing ever for the game. And and I completely disagree. And I think after what happened last night, I think it's perfect for us to talk about this. So last night, the L.A. Dodgers were playing the San Diego Padres, right? And so the L.A. Dodgers' new stud pitcher, Trevor Bauer, he's, he's a lightning rod for content. He is not afraid to stick his nose in it, and he'll tell you exactly what he thinks. And so when he was playing San Diego in spring training, he closed one eye. Oh, dude, I love he, guys like that. Dude, he he pitched a whole inning with his eye closed. Wow, he's like a savage, he, man. And he didn't care about it. Well, so fast forward to last night, the star young player, I think he will be the face of the league if he isn't yet wow. because he's so fun to watch in Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, is going okay, up okay. against him. He had hit two home runs the night before, just <laughs> coming off – you know, his shoulder separation issue. Oh, my gosh. He goes up against Bauer. First inning, slams his third home run in, in two days, right? And as he's running the bases, he covers his eye. Oh. As a show and a nod to Trevor Bauer. Wow. And then, later on in the game, he hits another home run. And, again, he pimps it. He's showing off. He does a nice little slow jog. He's you know, pumping up his teammates in the dugout. He's doing a whole thing. Mm. And then when he gets uh, past on plate, he does like a little McGregor slut or uh, strut, excuse wow. me. That's right. Nice. So, you know how like, uh, and, and Bauer does it too. When Bauer strikes at the, the side, he goes in and he does the McGregor strut. <laughs> and so I think it's great, dude. I think it's the best thing ever for baseball because Bauer as a man didn't just go up and plunk Tatis. He went after him, and you saw two guys go after it, and you saw two guys who love to go out and show emotion. I think too often, baseball, they keep it too bottled in, right? And I think that's why most people don't necessarily like baseball. And I know you're not a big baseball guy. What's your opinion on it? Do you think you'd watch more if guys were doing what Bauer and Tatis are doing? No, yeah. I'm not a big baseball guy, but I do watch some baseball when it comes – like when it's on and nothing, (laughs) nothing else is on, sadly, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. But, but yes. Uh, when when you look back at like other sports, so like if you look yeah. back at, let's go let's go to the NFL for again, right? Mm-hmm. And let's look back at when guys were first showboating. 
Yeah. What did the league do? They were they were against it. Old heads hated it and everything like that, right? And then now they're making it legal again because it makes the game fun and people mm-hmm. watch it. People like to see that stuff. Yep. So I think that's the same thing that's going to happen to the MLB is just like seeing it more, you kind of got to get used to it. And then like some people are going to disagree, but the the fans and the people that are watching and stuff like that, they're going to be the ones that are like, oh, this is really cool. I like to see this. And like this is what they pay for when they come to watch a game in person. Because I know if I'm coming to a Mariners game and mm-hmm. I'm watching them, I want to see something. I want to see a show. Exactly. I want you guys to put on a show for me. You know, that's what you pay for. Mm-hmm. So that's going to sell more tickets. And then, you know, when you talk about money to those to those people up, upstairs, oh yeah, they're all for that. You know, mm-hmm. so that going forward, I think that's where that's where they're gonna, that's where the league's going to move to. I I com- I completely agree with you, because I like right now when you look at the big three sports, right? Yeah. Baseball, football, NBA. Which one is the one that's falling drastically? It's it's MLB, MLB. In, especially in popularity with people our age, younger people, even younger than us too. Like a lot of people, your first sport that you learn to play, it's either soccer or it's t-ball, right? Yep. So usually, every, yeah, usually. So for the most part, everybody at one point has gone through baseball or at least a style of baseball. Maybe you know you or you played softball if uh, you're a girl, right? And so. It's one of those things where it's like everybody kind of at one point interacts with the sport. So why is everybody falling to the wayside? Why are people not liking it? And I think it is because that you don't have fun stars. When you look at the NFL, whether you like him or hate him, Baker Mayfield gets clicks. Whether you like him or hate him, Juju Smith-Schuster gets clicks. Oh, man, you see his TikToks? They're Um, everywhere. Dude, all over the place. In the NBA, if LeBron tweets out a picture of his thumb, it's getting a thousand likes, mm-hmm. you know? If you have a picture of Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is on Twitter constantly just calling people out. And you're oh, yeah. seeing he's, just, he's a Twitter savage for sure. Exactly. But you're you're getting to see like the real side of them. You get to see how they really react. I know that Kevin Durant's kinda soft. Because I know that he responds when people talk garbage about him. But I like that because sometimes I'm soft too. I don't <laughs> like it when people say mean things about yeah. me. And a lot of times I want to respond to them. Yeah, do you see that he had a little burner? Yeah, bro. Yeah, and sometimes he'll forget that he's on that he's on his regular. Exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I need a burner. Anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> but I'm just saying it it you you get to see like this other side of them and you get to see these people have fun. And, and I don't like it when people try to be too straight-laced. And I think that's the issue with the MLB when it comes to getting a new generation. Like my grandparents, back in the day, they, they wanted you to act like you've been there before. You hit a home run, you run around the bases. You steal a base, you don't clap your hands or show excitement. You're just like, yep, I stole a base. But right now, you want to see emotion. I want to see emotion. I want a player who, when he scores, is clapping it up with his teammates he's running in high-fiving i want people tackling uh you know their teammates when they hit a walk-off i want all of that mm-hmm. and i want to see it on the field i want to see you talking smack to each other but doing it inside the lines of the game and actually to be honest i don't even really have an issue with you plunking another guy if it fires up the rivalry like when the mlb is at its peak it's when boston and new york are going at it and they hate each other right yeah that's what baseball needs more. They need more emotion. 
And I hate when people try to downplay it and hide it and take it away. It, it just, it doesn't do well for the game, I think. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's in all sports. Like, if you look at it kind of, mm-hmm. the reason why, like, the NBA is kind of, maybe their views or something is going down is because, like, when guys want to, like, showboat or taunt other players, they get technical. And that's kind of soft, you know? Yeah. Because if you look back to when, like, MJ was playing, those dudes were ducking on each other, showboating. Or even when Shaq was playing, like, <laughs> that dude would dunk on you, shove you, and then point at you, and then run <laughs> back on defense. Like, Oh, yeah. And didn't get attacked. So it's like, bro, why are we giving people texts for doing showboating when exactly. that's what people like to see? Like, that's just, you know, that's just, that's just me. That's my opinion. But... I think that the MLB will gradually get into letting people do that, just like the NFL did. But I feel like it comes and goes as time changes, you know? some like I guess it kind of depends on who's in charge at the time, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it might be one of those things where just to keep up with more of uh, the younger audiences, you just kind of have to adapt. And I feel like the NFL felt that they had to do that, so they started to, and I think – the NBA is starting to allow more freedom in there. And I think the MLB is going to have to, if they want to remain relevant, you know, cause right now, you know who the big stars in the NFL are, yep. you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Tom Brady, you could look at those people and pick them out of a lineup. Here's how I judge it. I use, uh, you know, like my mom or my, my grandma <laughs> or like my brother's girlfriend, people who like, they like sports, but they watch sports because you know, the family watches sports. And it's, can you pick that person out of a lineup? My mom, 100%, can pick out LeBron James out of a lineup. My mom can 100% pick out Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes out of a lineup. In the MLB, I don't know if they can. You know, like, (laughs) your true star star right now, it's either Fernando Tatis or, like, traditionally, it's been Mike Trout, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if they could pick them out of a lineup. I don't know if they could go and pick out Francisco Lindor out of a lineup. I don't know if she could pick out um, Ronald Acuna Jr. out of a lineup, and that's a bad thing. Sheesh. And those guys are out there having fun. Mike Trout's your more traditional where he's, you know, I've been here before. I'm not going to do anything crazy. But, again, like that dude, if you if you don't know who he is, if you're not an Angels fan, if you're just a casual baseball fan – I don't think you can pick him out of a lineup. He looks very similar to other people. So that's a problem for the MLB. And I think the first step is they should start showing off more of these guys who showboat a little bit. And I think they have to do a better job of making sure that they're getting their guys out in public and so that Mm. everybody sees them, right? You can't just have a guy doing a Subway commercial like Mike Trout is. Like he should be doing Subway. He should be doing – uh, Gatorade, Nike, Adidas, like whatever, Rawlings. He should be on social media all the time. And I think that's what the MLB needs to do, and I think it starts by accepting kind of the new age of players. Yeah, I feel like a lot of MLB guys are just pretty conservative or just low-key Yep. to where they're just out of the way and they just kind of you know live their life, which is fine. It's a great way to be. I'm like that in a lot of cases, honestly, so I can't really knock them for doing that. But when you're, when you're in a business that runs off of views and mm-hmm. like, just people engaging with you yep. you definitely got to be on social media you gotta you know you're you're kind of selling yourself as a brand and a lot of these all the MLB, mlb guys aren't selling themselves as a brand anymore yep they're mostly just kind of they're just there for the team which isn't a bad thing you know if you're just mm-hmm. trying to go out there and win games which is proven to work but when it comes to getting people to really watch the game and love the game like people are still gonna love the game but there's fans that are out there that could love the game that just never will get the opportunity. 
because no one knows who's playing. Exactly, and that that's a problem right now for the MLB. Ray, thank you so much for coming on. I, I had such a good time. I'm so excited because Sports Central will be here for the rest of the spring quarter. We will be on Sundays from 2 to 3 all the way throughout, and then we will be podcasting the show. And so make sure that you're looking out on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud to get a chance to check out the show if you missed it. It should be getting released either on uh, Mondays or Tuesdays, so make sure you're looking around those times. I want to thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back here next week. Love you all. Bye-bye.